The Lifestylist, episode 46, featuring Robin Burzen. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's Luke Story, and today I'm going to invite you to play doctor with me. Remember that? Good times, good times. No, seriously, we are going to be talking to a legitimate doctor by the name of Robin Burzen. And Robin is not only a doctor, but she's specifically a functional medicine doctor. And even beyond that, which is already cool, she's also an entrepreneur and founder of an amazing new paradigm-shifting company called Parsley Health, which is a membership-based functional medicine clinic based in LA, New York, and San Francisco. Super cool stuff. I really believe this woman is going to change the face of medicine. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how she got her start, what made her decide to go into functional medicine. And of course, we're going to cover like, what does that even mean if you're listening and you don't even know what functional medicine is? Uh, It's very different than the Western allopathic medicine and uh, medical system that we've grown up with, right? So if you're into natural healing and you believe that the human body is inherently meant to be healthy and disease-free, then this is an episode for you. Functional medicine and what Robin and I talk about are all of, it's based on all of the things that we do to prevent our bodies from being healthy. And so really in that form of medicine, the human experience is looked at from a whole. So you're looking at the body, mind, and spirit of the patient. And it's a much more involved process of evaluation than just going into the doctor and getting like an ATM style prescription. You know, you pay your 150 bucks, go in, get a prescription, walk out. You don't even remember what your doctor looked like when you walk out of there. I'm not into that. I'm into a much more personal approach that has, you know, a more holistic sort of viewpoint. And Robin is a purveyor and supporter and an entrepreneur and creator of this movement. So I'm really excited to talk to her. We also cover some very specific questions because I get questions sometimes on um, Instagram and Facebook from people that have like medically based questions for me as if I'm an expert on such things. I just report on the experts and I use myself as a guinea pig to see what works and what doesn't. And then I kind of tell you guys what happened. Right now, I'm really excited about neurofeedback, for example, over at Peak Brain LA. I've been doing that for three weeks. It's been fantastic. You're going to hear tons more about that. But the questions that I get sometimes are way out of my realm of (laughs) expertise. I know a little bit about a lot of things, but not a lot about a little, if you know what I'm saying. So I ask Robin some very specific questions about um, women's health, such as natural childbirth versus hospital childbirth. She happens to be pregnant at the moment, so that was a timely question. Also, just about uh, issues with heavy uh, menstrual bleeding, cramps, uh, fibromyalgia was another thing we talked about, and a, a lot of just issues that I think a lot of us are facing and we don't really probably understand the underlying root causes. So this is kind of an overview of functional medicine and um, a new way, I think, of looking at how we can be healthy and have longevity in our lives and when something does go wrong, have options available to us other than surgery and prescription drugs. And, you know, if it gets to the point where we need surgery and drugs, that's cool. 
but there's a lot of ground we can cover before it gets to that point. So I'm really excited to bring you this interview today with Dr. Robin Burzen. Let's take a moment for a little creative visualization, shall we? Now, unless you're driving a car, in which case do not do this exercise, let's close our eyes for just a moment. Ready? Now imagine that I, your host and friend Luke Story, am passing a small hat around the room and it arrives in your hands. And when that hat hits your hands, you're going to remove from your pocket two, three, four, five, ten dollars and put it in the hat and pass the hat along. Eventually that hat's going to reach your old pal Luke again and a few people will have contributed into the kitty and I will then have some funds to not only continue this show but to grow and improve it. Now, there's no hat in real life, so I'd like you to snap back out of that lovely trance that you've been in and go to lukestory.com forward slash support, where you'll find three easy ways to help contribute a small pledge, a monetary pledge, that is, to support the Lifestylist podcast. So go to lukestory.com forward slash support and help to fund the show. If you're a first-time listener or you just got here and you're not sure you're ready to commit on such a level, no prob. Just keep listening to the show. I'm so happy to bring this content and I'm going to keep bringing it no matter what. But if you feel so inclined, a little help would be greatly appreciated. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my all-time favorite companies known as Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic make these amazing medicinal mushroom and herbal elixirs. So there's these little packets really easy to transport, very portable, very potent, and very delicious. So they make a reishi, a chaga, lion's mane, cordyceps, etc. If you don't know what those are, you definitely need to look into your medicinal mushrooms. These are great drinks on their own or even to add to an existing concoction. Like I love to upgrade my bulletproof coffee with Four Sigmatic products. And you may have seen this in my supercharged bulletproof coffee video. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. It's also in the episode upgrade from episode one. But foursigmatic.com is the place to go to get these highly convenient, very powerful, really high-end herbal elixir powders. So go to foursigmatic.com and the bonus here is that I got you a little hookup of 15% off. How do you get it? You enter this code, the lifestylist. So at foursigmatic.com, enter the code the lifestylist to save a cool 15% off. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends over at humancharger.com. The human charger is a device that I use on a very regular basis to not only treat the negative effects of jet lag, but also just to increase my energy levels, mood, and mental alertness. So how does this magical machine work? Essentially, it shoots white light into your ear canal via these little earbuds, which hits the photosensitive areas of your brain and activates the creation of serotonin, dopamine, and neuroadrenaline, basically the chemicals that your brain makes to keep you awake and feeling good. So it's a really cool piece of biohacking technology known as light therapy, and this stuff's been used since the 80s, and I use it all the time. It's very effective. If you want to check it out and learn more about how to use this device and jet lag in general, you can go back to episode 28, where we talk all about it for about an hour. Then I want to encourage you to get over to human charger.com forward slash Luke. And when you're there, use the discount code story 20 to save 20% off your order. That's humancharger.com forward slash Luke. Robin Burzen, MD, is a functional medicine physician and the founder of Parsley Health. Her mission is to make functional medicine accessible and data-driven so that more people can access this holistic root cause approach to health. 
A summa cum laude graduate of the University of Pennsylvania, Robin went to medical school at Columbia University, where she co-founded the physician communication app Curator and later trained in internal medicine at Mount Sinai Hospital. She's also a certified yoga instructor and a meditation teacher and has also formally studied Ayurveda. Robin writes for a number of leading wellness sites and speaks regularly for organizations including Health 2.0, Summit, and the Functional Forum on how we can reinvent healthcare. Welcome to The Lifestylist, Robin. So good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited. I've been, you know, since we met, whatever that was, a couple months ago at that Soho House event, I've been trying to get you on the schedule. I'm super excited to have you here because I've been watching everything that you're up to with Parsley Health and you guys are just doing some really cool stuff. And I'm just fascinated by your business model and everything you're doing to sort of upset the industry. So I think this is going to be a really valuable episode for the listeners because a lot of people in LA have figured, at least in my scene, have figured out that you know, it's great to go to a normal allopathic doctor if you break your leg, but if you're having some weird, mysterious health issue, that you're probably just going to be given drugs or surgery. And so everyone needs to find or wants to find like a functional medicine doctor. And it's very difficult to kind of, you know, work your way through the good ones. And so I can't wait to talk about what you're doing. So what are you most excited about right now, uh, career-wise? Well, I'm most excited that we launched our LA Center back in September, which feels kind of like a lifetime ago right now in the way that time is moving, but was actually only a couple of months ago. And we have an amazing new Parsley Health Center in LA. And then we opened our San Francisco Center just a couple of weeks ago uh, at the end of November. So Parsley Health, my baby, uh, is now in New York, San Francisco, and the beautiful city of Los Angeles, which I'm very excited to come visit soon and is there to address the exact problem you just talked about, which is that everyone deserves a doctor who can give them incredible advice on nutrition, mental health, fitness, supplements, can do state-of-the-art testing, and can also prescribe them that Z-Pack when they have you know, a sinus infection. And right now, you kind of get either or. You can get somebody super holistic who's into the natural stuff but doesn't know the medicine or you have somebody in the medicine who doesn't understand that most of our problems today are driven by lifestyle and diet. And so Parsley's mission is to bring those two things together in the highest quality way, in the most convenient way, in a beautiful setting and make it easy for people to have that kind of care without having to like weed through the random group of, you know, maybe wonderful, but sometimes hard to afford or hard to find functional medicine doctors who are out there. So, Well, I, th- I, I think like, you know, being a, a patient of different kind of doctors throughout my life and, you know, finally realizing that functional medicine was a good fit for me just because I believe just about everything can be fixed. I just, I just don't think the human body is meant to get sick prematurely and die of disease. It just on a fundamental level doesn't make sense to me. So um, I've been going to functional medicine doctors, but something that I've experienced is a super, super expensive because your health insurance or, and I have like the best blue cross health insurance you could get. I mean, I just got a broker and I was like, just give me the most expensive health insurance that covers the most, <laughs> the most amount of stuff. That was like one thing I didn't want to be cheap about. Cause I want to get as many of my labs covered and stuff, but it's like, even, you know, with insurance, because it still doesn't cover so much in functional medicine, I go to a functional medicine doctor. And if I go through a protocol, that's a few visits and a a few months, I mean, you're looking at thousands of dollars out of pocket. 
And also there's just the administrative like issues of dealing with the antiquated, you know, leaving them a voicemail, then some old lady calls you with an accent, <laughs> you can't understand it. It's like, I'm someone like, I can't stand phone calls. I saw a meme the other day that was like, ask yourself before calling me, can this be a text? You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> just the whole like system of dealing with just the communication alone with the medical system, whether it's allopathic or functional is really difficult. And I can see that you guys are doing something very different where you don't have a phone number, everything's done through apps and like, how, how did you come up with this? And we'll get into, for the listener, we'll get into, of course, what we're even talking about with functional medicine. But I just, I love the business model because it's very, like, on-demand kind of looking, at least out-facing, although I haven't used it yet. Yeah, well, I mean, the phone number thing is funny because there's, like, a small group of our members. That partially, you're a member. You're not a patient because we have an annual membership. And our members, some of them are like, why don't you have a phone number? I want you to have a phone number. Most people love it and get it. And I'm always like, listen, do you want to uh, leave us a voicemail and we'll call you back tomorrow? Or do you want to write to me and we'll write you back in 20 minutes? Which would you prefer? (laughs) Uh, That's my mantra, yeah. When you put it that way, people are like, oh, yeah. So we are responding back and forth on our real-time messaging platform all day long to our members. And the other thing is that it's a safety issue. You know, when you call a doctor's office and you talk to the front desk staff or you leave them a voicemail, what happens? They translate whatever you're saying. And what you're saying might be something like, well, that medication that I'm on that begins with a T that I can't remember the name of, I need a refill of that for, you know, two months. Well, what happens? You say all that. It goes through a game of telephone. The person at the front desk writes it down. They write it down and send it to the doctor. It's already been messed up once. Now the doctor has to translate that. They have to get back to that. They call you back because they didn't know what that medication that starts with the T was because it was really the medication that starts with a Z. And then they call you and then you're not there and you play phone tag. And to me, it's like, why is this happening? Like, this is a safety issue. When you have information in writing, it's much easier to just go back and forth, clarify, and get things done. And so at Parsley, we don't have any admin people or front desk staff between you and your doctor. You just write to your doctor directly, and they write you back. And that kind of access to a physician is usually something that you have to pay a pretty penny for. It's five grand, 10 grand. In LA, I've seen 15, 20 grand a year just to have access to someone, and that someone isn't necessarily even able to give you all of the kind of nutrition and supplement and lifestyle advice that we're giving. They're just a regular doctor who says, if you want to even talk to me, you have to pay all this money. Uh, And so on communication, from my standpoint, it was, listen, like we've all been using iPhones since 2007. Medicine should work like your iPhone does. You should be able to do a video visit, which we do. So we have members of our practice in LA. Our practice is physically located in a beautiful new space in Playa Vista, on the west side, which is super convenient to west side, but our east side friends and our downtown friends and our West Hollywood friends, they all uh, see their doctor over video. And so I just believe that medicine should be in your pocket, in your home, where you are. We'll send you a phlebotomist, somebody who draws blood to your home or to your office so you can get your blood draw done super conveniently. You don't have to come to us. You don't even have to go to a lab. And so to me, all of that is the future of medicine. So my idea with Parsley Health was how do we just build it from the ground up in a way that functions for you? And I, you know, you bring up insurance and that's awesome that you pay for the best insurance. I think everybody's sort of used to like 
skimping on extra insurance or feeling really frustrated with insurance and feeling like they pay a lot of money for it and it doesn't do anything for them. And they, you know what, they should feel that way because unfortunately insurance hasn't woken up. They're not paying or reimbursing the care that you need. They're paying for this old model of care where your primary care doctor is just like a revolving door of prescription drugs and referrals to specialists, which ends up costing the insurance company way more in the back end. But that's still what they pay for. And so you're like, well, I don't want that. But the reality is that insurance isn't paying for the right kind of care. And at Parsley, we recognize that, you know, I'm, um, I'm trained in functional medicine. I'm also trained in internal medicine. I went to med school at Columbia in New York City. So I have a conventional background and I've also trained in functional medicine and integrative medicine. But most doctors like me, especially here in New York, and I know this is true in LA too, they're a thousand bucks an hour or more. And so we didn't really believe in that at Parsley and I wanted it to be something accessible. So we're $149 a month for an annual membership that gets you all your medical care, 24 health coaching sessions, unlimited messaging with us online and questions and refills and rounds of testing. And that kind of comprehensive care I don't think should cost 20 grand a year just to walk in the door or $1,000 an hour because you shouldn't be paying for hours of my time. Like, Luke, you probably go see a functional medicine doctor because you want to feel good, not because you want to spend five hours with that person as awesome as they are. Um, And so I know that my patients love me and like spending time with me, I'm sure. Um, But we believe in a membership model because you should be paying for a team to work with you to help you see results. And it really shouldn't be about like, well, how many minutes did we spend together? Amen. Yeah, you just you just described like a lot of different issues for me with medical. I mean, the thing with insurance is like, you know, I, I just got the best one because I see a lot of wacky doctors and I just I want the chances of like my labs and all this kind of stuff being covered. But I really like the idea of just paying $150 a month for the type of access to doctors that actually change your health, which I've found to be functional uh, medicine doctors, where you pay that $150 and then maybe couldn't someone even drop down to like a much lower insurance that will just, you know, help them to get some of their labs covered and things like that and emergencies. But I guess like to merge the two. So right now I'm paying like $450 a month for regular insurance. If I got with Parsley Health, could one you know, knock down my regular insurance to, to a minimum and kind of meet in the middle. Would that make sense? Yeah. For a lot of people it does. And we definitely see people doing that because they recognize that what insurance pays for, they don't even want. Um, we, you do want to have health insurance with Parsley Health. We are not an insurance company. We're a healthcare provider and the insurance companies have kind of gotten us. They've convinced us that they're healthcare, but they're not healthcare. They're just, you know, insurance if you ever need healthcare. Uh, and so, you know, when you pay your insurance and you pay, and then the insurance company pays the doctor, well, what kind of service do you get or what kind of setup do you get? You get something that's not really designed for you. Guess what? It's designed for the guy or the girl or the company that's paying the bills. And that's the insurance company. And in a word, that's why I think medicine kind of sucks because, you know, the whole experience is just designed around what is going to be paid for by insurance, not what works for you. So we do have a lot of members who have lighter, let's say, health insurance plan. They still need that health insurance if they, you know, need to go to the hospital or an emergency or they need a prescription drug or to cover the cost of some of the tests that we order for them. Uh, But they're able to kind of split the difference. And 
even if they keep their regular insurance, what they're buying with Parsley is something that isn't really available out there. It's that one-on-one time and attention from a doctor and a health coach. It's that life plan that's going to help you resolve chronic diseases like immune problems, digestive problems, hormone problems, infertility, weight gain, so that you actually can feel good, not just so you can like not die, which is <laughs> kind of what the, the urgent care is giving you. Well, that's what's so cool about seeing a functional medicine doctor for someone like me that's kind of health savvy is that you know, we can talk about things and I can ask questions and they speak the same language. You know, I find when I go to a traditional doctor, if I start asking him about, you know, this supplement or this um, healing modality or energy medicine or anything that's not within the strict paradigm of Western medicine, they look at me like I'm nuts and they won't entertain the idea of getting down to the root cause of something that's always about treating the symptom. It's always about giving me a prescription. So, you know, I want to get into the difference between functional medicine for people that don't even know what we're talking about. But I'm just, I'm <laughs> yeah. excited about, I'm excited about what you're doing, and I'm sure I'm going to like end up signing up. I wanted to do this call with you and kind of learn a bit more about it and help spread the message. But I just, I respect your business model too. I mean, that's the thing that trips me out is so you went to medical school and you understand the human body and kind of you know our system of medicine in this country. But how did you learn about business? Like, how do you even know how to set up? you know, your HR and like finance and all the different things that as a start, you know what I'm Cause I'm a business owner and I've had to learn yeah. all this shit myself. I own a fashion school and it's like, Oh my God, I'm a high school dropout. Like I know nothing about business. I just had a really good idea. So how did you marry a really good idea and seeing a hole in the system with like creating a, an actual business model and getting funding or whatever you had to do? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's like so sexy and cool to me to be on like a style podcast and talking about healthcare and medicine. (laughs) I mean, to be honestly, honestly, this podcast is really about like, it's about spirituality and health and and wellness. I just come from a fashion background. I know. And that's how I pay the bills mostly, you know. Um, But yeah, we try to keep it sexy. We try to keep it fashionable at the Lifestylist podcast. Yes. Yeah, you do. I mean, I'm just very excited to be here. So, uh, you know, learning the business stuff, honestly, uh, anyone can tell you it, it's something you need to go to school for. I certainly didn't learn about business at medical school. I can tell you that much, but uh, I've just learned it as I went. I did co-found a healthcare tech company back in uh, med school with a kid in my class, and that company's gone on to do pretty well. Um, I'm not in it now because I am running Parsley Health, but uh, I learned a little bit about building apps and raising money and how to think about being scrappy. And then I think along the way, as you know, running your school and running your podcast and doing everything that you're doing, that ability to be scrappy, believe deeply in what you're doing and keep going, uh, that resilience is probably the most important thing because how to do health insurance for your company and your employees or Um, how to build a financial model, which I still certainly need help doing from people, fancy people with MBAs that I don't have. Um, All that stuff you can learn though, right? But what you can't go to school for or can't learn is just a, a deep passion and belief in what you're doing. And then I think the biggest lesson I learned along the way that's helped me help us grow and help us be, you know, successful so far is just the really big respect for the user. And in our case, the users are our members, our patients, the people who read our newsletter. But I see a lot of people, especially in health and wellness, but healthcare, especially just 
building stuff and apps and tools and services that like nobody wants uh, and then wondering why they're not doing well. And I think that, you know, when I first started Parsley Health in New York, I was completely bootstrapped. I didn't take any money in the outside world. And I had, you know, been a part of a company before that had raised some money. And I, I saw that world happening all around me with my friends in tech. And I realized that the worst thing I could do would be to take a bunch of investor dollars for something that I didn't know if there was a product market fit for. I didn't know if I could establish a brand. I didn't know if the pricing model worked and if it were even profitable or sustainable. And so I spent a year, um, you know, not making anything, um, putting my med school debt on hold and figuring all of that out before. um, So that was year one. That was 2015 or the first 11 months really of Parsley Health. And then in 2016 and the beginning of this year was when I said, okay, we really have something here. This is awesome. Now let's step on the gas and build something bigger. And just, you know, doing that, I think it was so, as hard as it was, it was so important. That's so cool. I have an intuitive feeling that you're onto something really big and a paradigm shift in the industry. When I met you and you explained a little bit about what you were doing, I was like, ah, this girl is onto something, seriously. So I'm, I'm really excited for you and I'm, I'm glad that you had the courage uh, to go ahead and follow through with, and that's a really short amount of time too to actually, you know, conceive of something and launch it and have it be up and running. So kudos to you on that. Thank you so much. Well, you know, so, every day we just keep one foot in front of the other. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I just I think because I'm an entrepreneur and I understand the struggle of that because from the outside when you own a company that's you know, kind of sexy, like Parsley Health. I mean, for something health related, your website, your branding, your whole interface, your message, the innovative idea, it's very cool. And the school that I own, School of Style, people, oh my God, that's so cool. I'm like, yeah, but you don't see me sitting at my computer, like trying to figure out, you know, how to find a new CPA and like all the boring, like really um, difficult stuff and just all the stress involved. You know, it's like, um, I heard somewhere and I got to find this link because I always mention it on the show, but there was a study on the you know the smartest people in the world like the top 10 highest IQs and they discovered that all of those people work for someone else that none of them are entrepreneurs and you know they theorized well if you're that smart you're able to calculate the risks involved and in kind of doing your own thing and starting your own company and so they all work for someone else and then all of the you know the huge entrepreneurs in the, in the world all tend to, um, you know, have a great idea and a vision and that passion, but maybe are just like dull enough to not calculate the risks involved. And they go ahead and pull the trigger. And as you said, hit the gas pedal and just go, you know, the Richard Branson's of the world and whatnot. So I think I feel a, a kindred spirit with you. So that's very <laughs> cool. So let's talk about then uh, the difference between the basic fundamental difference between a functional medicine doctor and your average like family doctor that we've all been going to our whole life. Definitely. So, you know, my dad's an internal medicine doctor, your GP, uh, and uh, I grew up around medicine a little bit. And that family doctor that I see my dad being in Baltimore, Maryland, where I grew up, kind of almost doesn't exist anymore. And you know, the way that he does it is he's so hands-on with his patients and, and in touch with them and he cares so deeply about them. And he's been doing this for over 30 years and he's always named like one of Baltimore's top doctors. So I, in like Baltimore magazine, so I have a lot to live up to, but um, I think that that idea of that we all have, even from television, if we're like me born in the eighties, cause we didn't necessarily experience this of 
you know, this doctor who really knows you and knows your family, knows your story, knows what the context of you is kind of gone. And we've replaced that in the primary care world with this sort of a primary care doctor is kind of like this last ditch thing. Like I go once a year for my 20 minute physical and, or I go when I need a prescription for an antibiotic. And, you know, in other countries, four out of five doctors is it's to primary care. And in the United States, it's one out of five and everything else is to specialists. And when I went to med school at Columbia, what was I encouraged to do? I was encouraged to become a urologist or a cardiac surgeon or a pediatric rheumatologist or someone who just hyper specialized in these tiny areas. And that's what's reimbursed. That's where people make their money. And that's where also the culture of medicine kind of points you because it says, well, that's where, you know, that's the hardest thing to do. That's, that's who gets the respect. So I remember being in the OR in the operating room as a medical student. And, you know, the three students are standing there watching the neurosurgeon with somebody's skull open, pulling a brain tumor out of their brain. And neurosurgeons have this kind of swagger because they have this incredibly sort of scary and sexy job in a way. And the neurosurgeon standing there holding the brain tumor with this clamp saying and says to us, you know, what kind of doctors do you want to be? And the girl said next to me said, I want to go into primary care. And he said in front of all of us that she was a waste of a spot at a place like Columbia. Um, and that culture of medicine really dominates and really affects people. So they say, well, it's not enough. It's not cool. It's not, I'm not going to make any money. I'm not, and I'm not going to be respected by my peers if I go into primary care. And so nobody does, and it is hard to make money in that field. And so we've sort of waylaid this entire field. And I think that's happened over the past 30 years or 40 years. And so most people my age, I'm 35, don't even have a primary care doctor. You know, they just sort of, or they have one because they have to pick one that they check a box off on their insurance. And so the difference is in the functional medicine world that, that I have trained in, uh, and the way that we do our, what we call comprehensive care at Parsley Health, is that we really take the time to get to know you. We want to know who you are as an individual. We want to know your life story. I call it the biography of your health. So your biography, Luke, started before you were born. It started in your genetics of your, you know, your lineage, your ancestors. It started in the womb when your mom was exposed to maybe medications or, or stress hormones or foods or chemicals that might have changed your DNA. It started when you came out of her and maybe you came out C-section so you didn't get the benefit of the bacteria that we all need that establishes our immune system. And that story got told on whether or not you were breastfed because that establishes our immune systems as well. And that story continued along the way with every medication you took. Did you have antibiotics a lot as a kid because you had a lot of ear infections? Did you have tummy aches? Did you take Accutane? Did you take the birth control pill? Did you have a lot of migraines in college and take a lot of Advil? Uh, did you kind of drink too much and maybe destroy your gut a little bit? Then you, did you have a job that was really stressful and you sat down a lot and you ate a lot of processed food and you gained some weight and then you went through that really big breakup or that divorce and here you are and walking into my office. So at Parsley Health and in the kind of medicine we practice, all of that matters. And in addition to that story, what matters is, okay, where are you now? What are you eating? How are you sleeping? What medications are you taking? What supplements are you taking? How are you moving and exercising? How are you managing stress? And how are your networks and relationships? 
And so our first visit with you at Parsley Health is always 75 minutes, which is an hour and 15 minutes. It's a really long time to spend with a doctor. But the reason we spend that time is that we want to really know your life story. And then the reason that we won't let you pay us for one visit, people always say, well, can I just buy a, you know, a one time with you? And I say, well, you can see me one time, but you have to buy a membership because the membership represents that commitment, that investment in your health. And for the price of our annual membership, which is what one visit with a doctor like me usually costs, you get five doctor's visits, unlimited communication and unlimited um, or 24 health coaching sessions, so two a month. And in that time period and over the years, we work with you to understand you, understand the things that are affecting your life and to see how we can help you through food, through supplements, through medications, through lifestyle change, not only fix your acute problem, but address the chronic stuff because 95% of our illness today is stuff that we are living our way into. We are as a society living our way sick. The stuff is not falling out of the sky and hitting us on the head for the most part. There are those things, of course, that we can't expect, but we are living ourselves sick. And like I saw it yesterday, this woman, she's 35. She's got a two-year-old kid. She has just exhausted and she hit a wall and she came in because she's exhausted. She's gaining weight. All of a sudden her periods are really weird and she's are super heavy. She wants to have another baby, but she feels like she is a mess and doesn't want to have another baby until she feels healthy. Meanwhile, she's drinking too much wine at night because her husband drinks a lot of wine. She's not getting enough sleep. She's still nursing kind of too late, too long at two years. So the baby's waking up at five in the morning at two years old. So she's not had a full night's sleep in two years. She's working a crazy job. And oh, by the way, they moved to the suburbs and she doesn't have a friend network anymore. And so I can only help her if I understand all of that. And if you just swing by your internist or your GP or your primary care doctor, you're going to have that 10-minute encounter with a quick physical exam. By the way, all the research on the annual physical exam shows that it's pretty much worthless unless you have a specific pain or issue that you want them to look at. And you swing by for that 10 minutes and they don't know much about you and they don't really care, nor are they educated to give you a specific diet or lifestyle advice. So for this woman, I need her to stop eating an inflammatory diet. I need her to cut out the wine. I need her to take out foods like gluten and dairy potentially that are making her periods heavier and more symptomatic. Uh, I need to test her to see if she has nutrient deficiencies and also to look at her cortisol levels to see if they're through the roof and we need to help her balance them. I need to get her on a better sleep cycle. Uh, and so we had an honest conversation about her child's fully eating real food at this point. He really doesn't need to be nursing. He just wakes up at habit at five in the morning to nurse once a day. And that's all he nurses. And she really wants to stop. We had a really honest conversation about getting some help to help wean him. And we also had an honest conversation about helping her see a therapist because she's depressed. And then in addition to that, we're going to work on her diet, her supplements, get some really in-depth testing, look at her microbiome, look at her cortisol, look at some genetics that she has around mental health because she's had now three lifetime episodes of depression. And I'm not just going to throw her on an antidepressant because that's not what this person needs. This person needs me to understand her, take a holistic look at her life and give her a comprehensive plan. And then the next day for one of our health coaches to call her and say, okay, I know Dr. Robin gave you this big old crazy plan that probably makes you feel like your head's spinning, 
now how do we tackle it? Because change is a process. It's not an event. Uh, and so that's what should be happening in medicine. And that's what should be happening in primary care. And my belief is, and what we're seeing through the data that we collect on this is that when we help people change in this way, the cool, amazing, powerful, mind blowing thing is that they don't need medicine and they don't get sick and they don't need to go to the hospital and they don't need all the specialists because they're no longer depressed and they're not breaking out and they're sleeping well and they're losing weight and their hormones are balanced. And so all of a sudden, primary care as we knew it maybe once upon a time is back. Um, but it's back in this modern way that's actually relevant to the lives that we live in 2016. That's a really good summary. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, th- I think you're, you, you, you've obviously explained this before. I'm like, wow, that was very succinct and specific. <laughs> and, and, and you just described the exact opposite of what most of our what most of us experience when we go see a specialist or a primary care physician, it's like you get in, you wait forever in the goddamn waiting room, which drives me nuts. I'm like, why did you tell me to be here at two? And I'm going to sit in the waiting room reading a shitty people magazine (laughs) until three 30. I mean, it's like, it's just the whole thing is bad, but then you get in there and it's like, all right, I've been waiting for you, doc. Now I have some questions. I'm eating this. I'm eating that. Here's how much I'm sleeping. Like I want to get the, the lifestyle advice. And it's like, I can almost see them looking at their watch. I go, okay, I've got exactly seven minutes with this patient. I got to get you out of here, write a prescription fast and get you out the door. And it's just like, you feel so uncared for and like you're just a number. And that's that's not a good experience to have at all. Yeah, and just, absolutely. And it, just, and it just doesn't work. I mean, that's the thing is like, I've been into all this stuff for like 20 years and, you know, have seen how everything that we experience that manifests as an outer physical problem, like take something like, you know, bloating or acne or, you know, just any weird thing that's going on. It's like, if you go to a traditional doctor, quote unquote traditional, they're going to give you a pill that just treats that symptom. They're never, ever going to ask you like, well, you know, how are you sleeping? What are you eating? Are you meditating? You know, are you depressed? Do you have friends? It's like, none of this stuff is addressed. It's just, here's some toxic cream to put on your acne. Bye. <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, yeah. like I've, I, you know, I have a friend that has issues with, um, with acne, especially around her monthly cycle. And she puts this really super toxic, you know, medicine topically on her face. And I'm like, oh my God, if you would just go see a functional medicine doctor, they're going to run your hormone panels and they're going to find out what's going on with you and they're going to fix the acne. And she has a really clean diet. So it's like, I just know it's hormonal, you know? Mm-hmm. And, or I think so. You know, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but it's something other than like, oh, you're, you know, you're got, your pores are dirty on your face. And so bacteria gets in there and makes pimples. It's like, no, dude, I live in the same city and I don't have pimples, you know, I, exactly. but I, I, I don't mean, have an estrogen explosion going on every month or whatever's happening to her. You know, an so. estrogen explosion. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's so true. It's like, you know, these dermatologists prescribe all these expensive creams and peels and people put themselves through so much. And it's like, it does not matter one widge what you put on your face. This is coming from the inside. And unless you're de- going to deal with that, it's not going to matter. You know, the same goes for fertility, which is a topic that um, I'm taking on in a big way now because I'm, I'm pregnant. Um, so that's exciting. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Cool. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, with fertility, it's like these women are getting told, oh, just go do IVF, go do IUI. procedure, painful. I've had women who went into early menopause after multiple rounds of IVF because it really whacks out all your hormones. 
And these doctors, these OBGYNs are just saying, oh, well, you can't get pregnant in six months, go get IVF. And what do the IVF doctors want to do? The reproductive endocrinologists, bless their hearts, they mean well, but what is their skill set? IVF. So what are they going to recommend to you? IVF. So meanwhile, no one is looking under the hood and saying, well, why can't you get pregnant? Why are you not getting your period? And we do that. You know, oh, you have quote unquote PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. No one even knows what that is exactly, but we're just going to put you on the birth control pill and cover it up. And so we do a lot of that work with people at Parsley, and it's really gratifying. And it's not that IVF is bad. IVF can be a wonderful tool in our tool belts, but so many people who are just being shuttled down that road don't need it. Uh, And that goes for all of the GI stuff that people are getting unnecessary procedures done and hormone stuff. It's just endless anxiety. There's people who are paying 150 bucks every month to go to a psychiatrist to get a prescription refill for a drug that's not helping them for a five-minute visit and walking out the door. And to me, that is uh, it's a shame. And I have to say, you know, I'm coming off as criticizing my beloved doctor friends and brethren, and I'm not because the people I went to school with at Columbia and trained with in New York are the most incredible, caring, wonderful doctors and people in the world. Like they're my favorite people on earth. And I think that most doctors are really caring and and want to work this way and want to do well by the people around them, but they aren't given the tools. They aren't given the time. They're taught in training that your two skill sets are writing a prescription or ordering a test or referring to a specialist or maybe doing a procedure or a surgery. And If you don't do one of those things, you're not serving someone. And by the way, you have 10 minutes in which to assess what's going on, decide what to do, deliver that information and prescribe it and get it done. And that's just not realistic. And so if you put a physician in that setup, they're just set up to have to, you know, churn you in and out that revolving door, just like you said. And it's not, I don't believe that It's because physicians are bad or want it to be that way. I think that's just the system in which they're forced to operate. Totally. And that's what I think is so cool about what you're doing is you're creating a new system. It's like, cool, let's not even let's not even try to change the pre-existing system. You guys just go ahead and do your thing. Have fun with that. We're gonna go over here on this side and just start something totally new, which is is really, really cool. Um, you, you know, getting into, I'd like to get into a couple of the other, you know, more specific health issues and stuff like that. You talked about being pregnant, and I have a, some listener questions that come in from time to time on my uh, Instagram and stuff, and I'm like, I don't know. They're too technical, and I don't want to give anyone bad advice, but it seems in the circles that I run in that most of my crew, you know, the woo-woo kind of hippie crew are not really into going into a hospital to have a baby. For you personally, do you plan on doing having a midwife and doing some kind of natural childbirth without drugs? Or where are you on like the healthiest way to produce a baby? Oh my gosh, that's such a tough question. You know what? I'm actually personally struggling with this one right now. And I'll tell you why. So in the medicine world that I come from, of course, you give birth in a hospital. Um, you know, the World Health Organization data shows that with a qualified midwife giving birth at home for an uncomplicated pregnancy is really optimal. And like something like 50% of Dutch children, you know, the Netherlands is a incredibly sophisticated country, one of my favorite countries. Uh, my family's Dutch, but it's like, it's not a third world country we're talking about here. And 50% of their kids are born at home. And so, 
you know, here in New York City, unfortunately, midwives have really been marginalized. They've been denied hospital privileges. There's hospitals, very fancy pants hospitals, like the ones I've worked at, where they're really kind of almost on a crusade to get rid of midwives. And there's not a lot of insurance support for it. And there's not a lot of birthing centers. And so I think it really depends on where you are. And of course, how complicated your pregnancy is. So right now I'm seven months and I uh, don't have a complicated pregnancy. And I've actually met with a few midwives because my personal preference, given I have at least to date, knock wood, a very uncomplicated and healthy pregnancy would be to give birth at home with a midwife. However, uh, my options for that are actually extremely limited here. And so I'm probably going to end up giving birth in a hospital. However, I know that I know what I know. So I'm, I already have a doula who's going to be there. We're going to create as beautiful and as calming and as natural an environment as we can. I'm asking for intermittent monitoring and no medications where possible. And I'm also a physician, so I'm realistic that sometimes when you're having having a baby, things don't go according to plan. <laughs> These are one of those few things in life that we just cannot control. Uh, we like to control everything, people today, but these are things that we can't control. And so also having a medical staff around who knows what they're doing, who can be there for you is also a good thing too. And I I do think that sometimes in, in the community I'm in, which is focused on more natural options, sometimes that gets vilified, maybe a little bit too much. Uh, so I think there's a balance and I think it's a really personal decision. There's one startup that I've seen that's looking at creating like a new wave of birthing centers, super modern, kind of like the parsley health of birthing centers. Wow. And I'm cool. really all of, it's called Baby & Co. And I know they're small right now, but they're expanding and I'm really excited about things like that because I think if we had birthing centers that were near hospitals so that you could get to a hospital if you needed a C-section or something like an emergent situation, but we had better system of midwifery and birthing centers in the United States, we would all be better off and more women could safely give birth in a birthing center or at home. And to me, for a uncomplicated healthy pregnancy, that would be optimal and where you have some complications or some stuff going on, I think it's pretty awesome that we have sophisticated hospitals and ICUs for, for babies too. So I, I'm really a moderate in that world where um, I, I really actually wish I could give birth at home, but I don't think I'm going to be able to because of how New York is with that offering. Well, that sounds like a really fair and balanced sort of position. Than it. It <laughs> Trying does. to be fair and balanced at all times. <laughs> I, know, I know you're a yogi, you know, yeah. so I know, I know you, you have at least one foot in the natural world and one foot in medicine. So I think that's a really great balance to have you on that. So let me move on to a couple other issues that people have hit me up with that I don't have answers for, because I think that's a very, as I said, a nice balanced way to approach the idea of birthing. Uh, but there are a couple other things, and specifically from women, which of course I have no idea how to answer. Um, one of them is what might be the underlying cause of severe menstrual cramps and like crazy heavy bleeding? What's something that one might want to look at for an issue like that? Well, for severe menstrual cramps and, and very heavy bleeding with your cycle, there's a couple things that could be going on. 
One, you could have something called a uterine fibroid, which is this uh, collection of fibrous tissue uh, that, that develops in, in the uterine wall. The uterus is a muscle, and you could have one of those, and that can cause some heavy bleeding and pretty bad cramps, and you really need an exam and an ultrasound to discover that. You could also have something called endometriosis, all these fancy words, right? But endometriosis is uh, felt to be an autoimmune condition in some ways. Uh, it's where the lining of the uterus, uh, which is a very specific type of tissue, can grow other places, often in the pelvis, even other places in the body. And that's often associated with very heavy periods and cramps. And for our patients with fibroids and endometriosis, we actually work with them with diet, with lifestyle change, and with uh, some very specific herbs and nutrients, uh, as well as on their digestive health. And we're often able to reduce the symptoms of those conditions. We're often able to help them stall them and have them not progress and even have them get better, uh, which is pretty awesome because for a lot of women in those positions, they're dealing with just being told where well, you have to be on the birth control pill. Now, when those things are really severe, you got to get the fibroids either surgically removed or the endometriosis surgically removed, or you have to sometimes take the birth control pill because the pain is so much. So again, I'm, I'm a little bit of a moderate there too. We do everything we can with diet, lifestyle, healing the gut, supplements, and we're very successful with that, with those conditions. And Sometimes you need medicine too, but the other reason that you can have that, which is a little bit more common than either of those, is uh, a lot of women are inflamed and stressed, and when you're eating too much sugar and eating an inflammatory diet, when you're stressed, when you're constipated and not pooping, uh, your estrogen balance gets off, and when you're in a high estrogen state or an estrogen-dominant state, sometimes you get those really symptomatic periods. And what we're super successful with at Parsley is helping people regulate their digestion, use supplements and nutrients, change their diet, and work on stress. Uh, stress actually speeds up the enzyme that turns testosterone into estrogen. So you can get this high estrogen state, and that can make you have those kinds of periods. And so that's something that you can reverse, which is cool. Awesome. One of my hobbies is like fixing crap that my body's doing wrong naturally. <laughs> like I love just hacking things when I have an issue. I'm, I'm having an issue right now, for example, and I don't expect you to necessarily have an answer for this. Oh no, throw it at me. That'll be because you're not you're not an optometrist. But um, very <laughs> no. recently, I, I realized I thought. I'm really bothered by like LED lighting and fluorescent lighting. And unfortunately, I, I do a lot of public speaking and things like that. And there's oftentimes that type of lighting in the interior of these buildings. And then I started to realize, no, it's not the lighting. I actually can't see. And so what's what's <laughs> happened is I've become, you know, I'm 46. But I think in the last few months, I've become kind of gnar in a gnarly way nearsighted. And so, um, you know, I went to a doctor. Finally, I broke down after putting it off forever. And he's like, oh, yeah, definitely you're nearsighted. And all my friends that wear glasses are like, dude, just forget about it. Get contacts and just give them like, no, you don't understand. This is not supposed to be happening. There's something wrong. And sure enough, I did some research and found what's called a behavioral optometrist. And 
uh, what I have, which is called myopia, I believe, um, is by all accounts totally reversible and it's based on behavior and it's caused in most cases from doing too much up-close work like looking at a computer screen or your, your iPhone all day long, which of course I do. So now I'm working on rather than just like giving in and like getting the strongest prescription and just having my vision get worse all the time, I'm actually working on hacking it and trying to reverse it. I'm about a weekend, so... We'll see how it goes, but I'm going to do everything I can naturally and just changing my diet and behavior before I'm going to just like surrender and walk around with glasses on. You mentioned something a couple times in this uh, interview about an inflammatory diet, and I have an idea of what that is because I'm very careful about inflammatory foods, but what would you consider things people would want to avoid that are inflammatory? So few things that I see people eating all the time. One, they're eating way too many carbs. People sort of say, oh, I'm on a low-carb diet, but they're really eating a high-carb diet when we think about it from the perspective of how humans were meant to, to be. So anything that's a cookie, cake, cracker, pretzel, comes in a bag, chips, something you can pop open, uh, all of that stuff is a refined carbohydrate, even if it's not sweet. And so people are having, you know, they're thinking they're being healthy. They're having oatmeal with some brown sugar and some berries for breakfast. Not a lot of protein there, basically no fat. There's some fiber, sure, but that's basically a carbohydrate breakfast. Then they're having like a grain bowl for lunch, and it's got a whole bunch of grains and beans, and it's definitely got some vegetables in there. Maybe it's got some nuts and seeds, but it's also got some dried fruit also a high carb lunch. And then they're rinsing and repeating for dinner. And so what I see a lot of people doing is not realizing that carbs are turned into sugar in the body, or let's face it, they're just straight up eating sugar. They're having like a smoothie that's all fruit for dinner or they're juicing. I can't tell you how many people I have to get off of juicing. They're saying, well, I have a green juice for breakfast. And it's kind of the worst thing you can do. And that might surprise you, but all of the you know ingredients in the green juice, you strip away the fiber, uh, you strip away anything that's going to slow down the metabolic process of that unopposed carbohydrate hitting your digestive tract and then hitting your bloodstream. When sugar hits your bloodstream, you spike insulin. When insulin goes up, you store fat, testosterone goes up, you get hormone imbalances, your energy will crash. And so people think that they're doing this good thing by having juices and eating like sort of higher carb, but quote unquote healthy carbs, or some of these bars out there that are supposedly healthy, but they have 12, 15, 20, 25 grams of sugar in them at a time. You should never eat anything that has 10 grams or more of sugar in, in it at a time. And so they're not realizing how they're spiking their blood sugar, causing energy crashes, and sugar is like cocaine. It has the same effect in the brain as cocaine. So you're really addicting yourself, living in this hyper-stimulated state, and then you add on the iPhones and the computers and hyper-stimulated from that all day, and then you wonder why you're exhausted and burnt out and your eyes hurt and you can't sleep. So these are some of the inflammatory things that I see people are doing, and especially it comes down to the to the foods. I went to one of the juice companies. You know, there's these beautiful juice stores that I will go nameless uh, all over New York and everywhere, LA. And I was at one a couple weeks ago with my mom, and you know, I asked, you know, what was the lowest sugar drink that they had, and it was a green juice that had like three grams of sugar. wasn't much, but every other 
every other drink they had on the shelf in this beautiful like walls of refrigerators of super clean looking, beautiful colors. Everything had about 28 grams of sugar in a bottle, which is just like lethal. Uh, and everyone's walking in and out of there spending 10, 15 bucks on a juice thinking they're being healthy. And that's the thing to me that uh, is really surprising. <laughs> I know that the, probably the juice spots you're talking about in New York and they're beautiful. And it's funny, I was in there one day and ran into the owner and I was like, oh, dude, I got to get you on my podcast and he, he's going to come on and then we'll reveal the name. But um, I was telling him, I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm like pretty much on a ketogenic diet, you know, I'm and he, he's a vegan and he's really into that, which didn't really work for me. Um, but I said, dude, can you make some juices without like 25 grams of sugar? I'm like, this will kill me because it's like a bunch of apple juice and pineapple juice. And like you said, without the fiber in there, you're like mainlining glucose, right? I mean, it's like, talk about like, (laughs) I mean, talk about creating like cravings and hunger and mood swings. Like if my blood sugar goes like that, I will go nuts. So everything you just described too are things that I've cut out of my diet basically by being, I mean, I don't like the word diet, but I pretty much follow like the Dave Asprey bulletproof kind of eating program. And so many of my health issues have been solved just from that, like, you know, limiting or, um, you know, stopping dairy and gluten and all the stuff that you just talked about. It's really, really sound advice. Uh, another question that I get a lot um, lately, and I think this is because more people are getting an understanding of having testing done and things like that, is dealing with parasites. And when I've been to a functional medicine doctor, they you know, make me go home and poop in this little like French fry you know, basket, basically. <laughs> it's the most disgusting experience. That's the one thing about functional medicine. I'm like, you have to go poop by yourself and collect it and FedEx it to someone, which is just horrifying, <laughs> but um, but I but I came up pretty clean on parasites. But aren't are, are not parasites a pretty big problem? They're a bigger problem than you'd think because they can be there. You know, people think, oh, I go to Mexico, I get a parasite, I have, you know, Montezuma's revenge for a couple days, and that's a parasite. And really, first of all, uh, some of the most common parasites that anybody can get, you can get right here in Los Angeles or New York City, uh, walking around, just, you know, exposed through water, through contaminated food. You don't have to go travel somewhere. And you don't necessarily have to get violently ill, or if you do, you might take those couple days of antibiotics, but you might not kill it all off. And so a lot of people have what I call the gorilla in the jungle. They have all these digestive issues and will clean up their diet and they'll get, you know, 80% better. Uh, But there's still clearly something going on. And sometimes that's overgrowth of bacteria in the upper intestine called SIBO, which we test for in a breath test. Sometimes that's overgrowth of certain bacteria in the lower gut or yeast overgrowth, which we test for with your favorite poop test. Uh, which we do offer at Parsley Health, um, but we also uh, check for parasites. And parasites are tricky because the tests that we have for them, you know, you think it's bad to poop in the French fry basket and send it off in FedEx. Imagine being the lab tech's job to look at your poop under the microscope and try to find the parasite or the eggs of the parasite. And so the labs will claim that, you know, they see them 80% or 90%. um, It's called sensitivity that they like actually pick them up. I think it's more like 40, 50, maybe 60%. Um, And so sometimes we'll see them there and then we'll treat them with a medication. Sometimes as, as I described, 
you've got like a gorilla in the jungle and he's making a mess and he's ripping apart trees and he's throwing down banana peels and he's scaring everybody and he's causing this kerfuffle, but you can't see him. And he's running around and as long as he's there, you're not going to be able to regulate your digestion and all of these other things that you're having, the overgrowth of bacteria, the gas, the bloating, whatever it is, are there because of this presence. And so we try to use testing wherever we can. Sometimes we'll empirically, meaning just based on somebody's clinical presentation, that's how a lot of things go in medicine, people sort of think that there's a perfect test for everything, but there really isn't, even with the level of testing that we do at Parsley, which is much more than your regular doctor's doing. But even then, there's not a perfect test for everything. That's why you need to work with a doctor and who knows this stuff really well. And sometimes we'll just treat people with an antiparasitic medication or an herbal group that we'll use for a few months to treat that parasite. And it really makes all the difference in the world because you got to get the gorilla out of the jungle if there's going to be peace and quiet there. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, um, I think that's something that's really important is the, the effectiveness of the testing, because I've had friends that have been tested and they come out clean, nothing in their poop, no, no parasites, but they're still having the persistent issue. Then they test again and again, and maybe Giardia doesn't show up until like the third round or they go to a different, you know, they go to a better lab or a different lab and then something reveals itself suddenly. It seems to be a tough one to tackle just because they're they're hard to, um, to find, right? They are hard to find. I mean, I think the testing is going to get better and better in the next couple of years, but until then, you know, we have no problem. So people are really afraid of antibiotics and we prescribe very few medications at Parsley Health. The average primary care doctor, 70% seven, uh, of the time prescribes a drug and we're 10%. So we're already 7x lowering your prescription drug rates at Parsley. But we're also really not afraid to say, hey, I think seven days of an antiparasitic, which is not a broad spectrum antibiotic, it's not going to destroy all your good bugs. Uh, it's really a pair anti-parasite medication. Seven to 10 days of that is going to really move the needle for you. And I always explain it like this, you know, if you're trying to climb up this mountain and you just keep sliding back down and sliding back down, why don't we just put you in the helicopter and ride you to the top? You're still going to have to keep walking for quite a while to get where you're going. But sometimes prescription medications can be really useful and get you to the top of that mountain so that you can continue your journey to healing. And we're also not afraid to use them if we think it's appropriate. Awesome. I, li I like that approach too. Everything you do seems to be very balanced. I get that because I, I tend to be on the severe side. Like, okay. Then, yeah, but then I mean, severely natural. And then every once in a while, maybe like every couple of years, I actually get a cold or something like that, which is thankfully so rare. And I'll, I'll try to ride it out and I'll do fasting. I'll do my infrared sauna. Like I throw everything at it. And then finally, at some point, I'm just like, you know what? I've been sick for two weeks. I'm getting some antibiotics. Like I'm done. I'm not going to play this game. And I just have to, to cave. Um, I want to ask you one last thing before we go. I have my my quick little final question, but um, another question I got recently that was very specific was from someone with fibromyalgia that had had it mm. for quite some time. Would you have you know just a couple quick recommendations on an approach to uh, dealing with that? Yeah, so fibromyalgia is sort of part of the larger bucket um, of chronic fatigue syndrome, and fibromyalgia is when you can have sort of pain all over to the touch. And it's one of these multifactorial things, meaning there's a lot of stuff that's driving it. And some of these patients really get dismissed and told 
they're just depressed. Um, and so what I usually see in that condition is that it's never just one thing. And that's tough because in medicine, what do we like? We like black and white. It's one thing. Here's your drug. See you later. And so what we'd have to do is really work and trace back with those kinds of patients. When did this start? What triggered this? You know, when somebody comes in and they say, I've been feeling like this and it's been three years and everything hurts and I'm exhausted and nothing works and nothing I've done works and uh, I'm just giving up, you know, we say, okay, let's roll it back. Where did this start? And often it started, it accumulated over time, but there was like a trigger point and it was, I got divorced or something really major happened in my life, or maybe I got an infection. And so if you can peel back the onion layers to the root cause, sometimes it's a whole coast of things, including diet, nutrient deficiencies, low levels of cellular energy. So the cells are missing key nutrients like CoQ10 and the cells are really burdened with oxidative stress through inflammation and we have to unburden them so they can make energy again. Uh, we have to look at, again, the gut microbiome. We have to look at autoimmune antibodies. Sometimes there's underlying infections there. Um, for some people here on the East Coast, Lyme disease is a big thing. We are not a Lyme practice at Parsley Health, but we do um, we do see it come through, and that's its own special complicated bucket, I'll say. And so for what I see working is really this comprehensive, supportive approach where we address all aspects of your life. Because here's the reality. If anybody had a magic trick for fibromyalgia, they'd be a billionaire and they'd be you know, selling it all over the internet. But what I see work for people is a combination of uh, mental health practices, meditation, finding a spiritual practice, finding community, because we know that those things are as powerful and healing as any medication, getting all that sugar and inflammatory foods out of your diet, addressing any underlying infection, and sometimes using herbs, supplements to rehab the body and support it on a nutrient basis level, make sure that sleep is appropriate. Um, I had a patient who just, they had fibromyalgia, they thought they did or chronic fatigue, and they really just had sleep apnea. They were snoring, and they weren't breathing at night. And so their they were never actually getting a real night's sleep. Uh, and so that was the solution. So it's all about peeling back the under onion layer and knowing that you have someone you can trust to work with through that process. Because I said it before, I'll say it again, you know, change is a process. It's not an event. Awesome. Thank you so much. That's really valuable information. So as we come to a close here, Robin, uh, you've been our teacher. You've taught the audience so much. You've taught me so much. Who have been three teachers that you might point us to that you've learned from? That could be in medicine, in your life, a spiritual book, a practice, anything that's really helped you become who you are. Oh my gosh. Uh, I love this question. So the first uh, is my yoga teachers and my yoga practice. That started me off on this journey and yoga is my addiction and my love forever. So, uh, my, my teachers down at Kula yoga in New York and, uh, the founders of Wanderlust who are actually is, which is over in LA where we've done some fun events. Uh, those teachers, Skylar Grant and some others were the people that we, I first started practicing yoga with when I was like 21, 22. Uh, and that really changed my perspective on the world. Um, some of the great writers like Eckhart Tolle or Tolle, um, who have written about meditation and all my teachers who taught me how to meditate. I think if I hadn't found yoga or, and meditation, 
I might be on an antidepressant. I'd be a very different person. Uh, when I was 22, I was living on Diet Coke and apples and balance bars and drinking wine. And I thought healthy meant just like how skinny you were. So yoga and meditation have been really powerful for me um, to be able to, you know, just transform myself and have led me to this medicine. Uh, and then it's really hard to name what other on the business side, but I can't speak enough to having like a mentor in your life who tells you that you're awesome and also gives you good advice and shows you that things are possible. And I've had so many over the years from Dr. Oz, Dr. Mehmet Oz, who I worked for a long time ago before med school, to the founder of Health 2.0, um, Indu Sabaya, who's out in LA. She taught me a lot about what it means to be a leader in a company. And even some of my, one of my current investors um, at Parsley Health, she is a badass woman who has definitely made me stronger. And I've been lucky to have these mentors show up in my life along the way especially in business where, as you know, and we talked about at the beginning of this, sometimes you can think like, do I know what I'm doing and can I do this? And that question hits me, you know, regularly. And sometimes you need to be able to talk it out with people who've been there or who have more life experience than you, but who also believe in you. Uh, and those mentors for me have been a lifeline at so many different points. I couldn't even like name one, but those are a few. Thank you for the recommendations. Those are amazing. And I agree wholeheartedly with all of them. Okay, so in closing, we know that you're at Parsley Health. What are your actual URLs, social media, anything like that that you'd like to share so we can find you? Find us. So we are parsleyhealth.com. You can follow us on Facebook at Facebook slash um, Parsley Health. On Instagram, we're Parsley Health. On Twitter, we're Parsley underscore health because some kid somewhere who doesn't use their in, our Twitter account has. <laughs> I hate that. I hate I that. Have, I have that same <laughs> thing too. On, on Twitter, I had to be Mr. Luke's story because some 16 year old kid in the UK has my name and he hasn't tweeted in like five years. I mean, I just can't, I can't even start. Don't even <laughs> get me started. Funny. So we're parsley underscore health on Twitter, but everywhere else we're parsley health. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our newsletter. Our newsletter won a Webby award last year. We write really good, really helpful, useful content. And we also, if you are in LA um, and want to join Parsley Health, go to parsleyhealth.com. You can learn more. And you can also sign up for a free 15-minute consultation call with one of our health coaches, one of the health experts on our team. And that call is to help you understand more about how the practice works and sign up. And right now, I don't know when this is coming out, but we have an awesome holiday special going on where if you sign up, um, you get what your first month free with the code give love, give health. And if it's too late, no worries. But if you go to our website, you can schedule that free call and that's a great way to learn. And so we are so psyched. I can't even tell you how much it is a dream come true for me to have. I never imagined having one practice, let alone having another one in LA and another one in San Francisco. And those are new and our medical directors out there are phenomenal physicians and our health coaches out there are phenomenal. And I'm out there regularly too. And we just have great teams. So if any of this, if you're listening, you know, felt like you, um, we would love to help you out. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm signing up. I'm going to do the 15-minute call, and I, I got to get over there. <laughs> yeah, you are. Seriously, because I, I have a lot of stuff <laughs> I want to work on. And and like I said, so many of my friends always ask me too, and I'm, I'm always hesitant to recommend a functional medicine doctor here because I haven't you know been with one that I'm super excited about. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, one thing I wanted to ask you, why the name Parsley Health? Oh, you know, I, it's not, the, it's not because of the parsley, like the plant. Um, I figured. It, it's because I wanted a name that sounded beautiful and fresh and clean. And that sounded like it could be a tech company as well as something in healthcare, because the truth is we're both. So that's why. Okay, perfect. I love yep. it. I, w- I was always curious about the meaning behind that. Cause I recently interviewed a doctor named Dr. Parsley and he's a sleep expert. And so, Oh really? Yeah, I was wow. like, I don't know what the connection is, but anyway, thank you so much, Robin. I know you got to go. So I'm going to let you, let you bounce. Yeah. And um, we got to do a part two. Cause I have like 50 more questions and you were a great guest. So thank you. And until next time. Thank you. Well, it was awesome. And I would love to do a part two. You are amazing. So can't wait for the next one. As we come to a close on another episode of the Lifestylist podcast, I wanted to give you one more tidbit of advice, one more gem, one more golden nugget of healing. Now, this is a top secret technique that not even most doctors are aware of in the world, but I'm going to give it to you for free. Are you ready? How about a little drum roll? Let me see if I can drum roll on my microphone. There we go. There's a little drum roll. Here it comes. Here it comes. The principle is, the practice is, the magic formula is gratitude. Being thankful in your life. And I want to tell you guys, if you're listening to this, well, obviously you're listening to this. If you can hear my voice right now, I'm so grateful to be able to do this show and talk to fantastic people like Robin and all of the other guests that I get to quote unquote interview slash have conversations with. I mean, my life is just so fantastic. This is literally my dream, you guys. These are the people that I've been studying and following for years and years, actually 20 years now I've been into this stuff. And I never thought, you know, that I would be the one to get to sit down and talk to these people, let alone to share it with such a wide audience. I think as of this recording, I'm up to 150,000 downloads. And by the time this airs, I'm sure that'll be more, perhaps even double that. So things are going really well for the show. And I just sincerely, really, really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me on this episode if it's your first one and if you've been back for many keep coming i'm doing everything i can to make them better and better and better all the time so happy 2017 to you it's going to be a great year thanks again for joining me did you dig that episode or what i know i did well check it out if you want them to keep coming every week and ensure that the quality not only remains the same, but continues to improve, you can go to lukestory.com forward slash support and offer a small one-time or even a monthly pledge to help fund this podcast. Again, go to lukestory.com forward slash support. Anything you can contribute would be greatly appreciated.